wisdom And here comes the truth And here comes your favorite podcast Always still made for you Before we get back to it, should we have a very special episode? Reading and reacting to Level Be the Death of Us that article I sent out about oh, relationships. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please, respect. <laughs> Love will be the death of us. Notes on the end of my marriage. Author's note. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Like, that, that was sort of screwed up. It's, are we actually starting it? Notes on the end of my marriage. We're starting. Okay. Author's note. This is a sincere attempt to learn the end of a relationship, a final love letter of sorts. Some of the names have been changed, and my former partner has consented in its publication. 2011, August, the beginning. There is no easy way to masturbate into a small plastic container. I find this out as I approach climax, simultaneously holding the container into place while stroking my erection with the other hand. Truth be told, I don't actually masturbate very often. Perhaps something about the act I continue to find shameful. Suddenly, a rush of white light and a moment of fleeting ecstasy. I return to room B at the Genesis Fertility Clinic in downtown Vancouver. Two voluptuous women continue their own vigorous pleasure on the TV screen mounted above my head. I steady my breath, and I screw the cap onto the container. I buckle my jeans, grab the remote, and flick off the screen. I catch my image in the mirror triggering an existential moment that feels utterly cliche. All the cautionary tales of my younger years flooding back into a montage of bad teen movies, sex ed classes, and awkward chats with my father. Millions of sperm live in every drop of semen, he warned. Sometimes they can live for over nine days. The ominous warning fed into every heterosexual male, don't get your girlfriend pregnant. Now I'm 30. Four years ago, newly married and financially stable, my wife Catherine and I discontinued birth control and we waited for the inevitable to, to occur. And we waited and we waited. Not only did conception fail to arise, without the aid of birth control, my wife mysteriously had no menstrual cycle at all. Thus began the odyssey of doctor's visits, diets, supplements, and hormone therapies, aka trying to get pregnant. And May that's, that's oh. a lot of words. Yeah. Let's just take, let's. So, yeah, you can't that read the whole thing. That is 3% of the entire <laughs> thing, and it gets <laughs> more pathetic. If, if we're going to read, like, a 16-minute article, it's going to be your email to the bass player. <laughs> so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, beer man. down. It did a 360. Yeah, <laughs> and it bring it all the way around. And around 360 yeah. degrees. And yeah. goes on. I literally and just dropped on. a beverage oh, right. that flipped, <laughs> flew directly in a line at Carter, <laughs> then it hit the floor and flipped again over the microphone stand. <laughs> Carter's checking his phone to see if the moisture lock has been broken so that his warranty is now void. Oh, it's uh, in the back of my neck has beer somehow, even though I'm sitting across from you. Put your beer spill and boots on. Uh, my phone is wet. The couch is wet. Let's get back on topic here. So That sperm so, container so is wet. This sounds difficult. This guy and his wife are having Oh, he sounds like a real prime human. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, they're obviously in love, and 
They have an issues conceiving, I feel, for them. Yeah, just don't whine about it. Well, so. in long form, <laughs> creepy, detailed, <laughs> never-ending, miserable, what was the detailed, 40,000-word posts. But what was the name of the article again? Love will be the death of us. Notes on the end of my marriage. It seems like it's going pretty good. They're trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Must keep yeah, on going. You ever heard of tone? The author's attitude <sighs> towards the subject. <laughs> Can you smell his tone? So what happens next, Brent? They're trying to conceive. No, well, got to jump back to the past. Two thousand three. Oh, that's a that's a big jump. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a lot to cover. <laughs> and he will cover it. Think about what there is to say in this entire thing. The entire story, what needs to be said. Five sentences. This, to me, I know this is Canadian. This is kind of the story of the death of America. I don't know why, but this... (laughs) This is just too much. I'm 22 and a pioneer. It's everything that's wrong. In the early age of a dating, of internet dating. It's not everything, but it's something. I've trawled the online profiles of Lava Life over the previous weeks, occasionally setting updates with various eligible women. He loved to write. I remember Catherine's profile picture vividly. Long dark hair, a mysterious Mona Lisa smirk. (laughs) (laughs) Get over yourself! And the cleverness of her username. What's a date? So clever. They made a whole app. What app? What's app after that? Answer, written below in a... In first line of her dating profile, a date is a small dried fruit. That you make liquor out of in the Middle East. Tell me what. I glance at her age, 26. I am ambitious, though four years beyond my own is pushing the boundaries. Gathering courage, I type her a brief introductory message. She responds within a day, and we trade further charming emails. Less than a week later, we speak on the phone. Her voice is sultry. I suggest she could have been a radio host or a phone sex operator. Ho ho. Ho ho. That's what you say? Her actual profession is a computer programmer. Cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so she's a functional. She's not a writer. Who doesn't write or get money for writing? She arrives at my door with the deafening rumble of her blue Harley Davidson Roadster. This girl's awesome. This is another maid. She's put up with a lot. Okay. I like Catherine. That's that's just to be fair. Yeah. I like her. He says that, or you like her. That's me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Not he would not say that. Yeah, I was going to. Phone sex operator voice with Jaws Q Harley. slow motion helmet removal. Q long black hair tumbling down her shoulders in italics. It's sort of ironic. Her green hair, her green eyes are shining and vulnerable. Behind the flushed cheeks, I sense the legacy of past wounds. Get over yourself. Her hesitant visage betrays a silent plea. Don't be another one that hurts me. We head for coffee. <laughs> Are you going to read the full thing? Oh, just keep going. This is so good. 
We head for coffee and the conversation flows easily, punctuated by seagulls that follow our footsteps as we walk the trails beside the ocean. Is that like your walks in Vancouver? They didn't. She asks, when was the last time you cried? <laughs> okay, now I like her less. Yeah, yeah, but no. I think in his mind he imagined her asking that. Yeah, because I, so I don't too. believe that Kat. That was that kind yeah, of that was years That's ago. That's not Captain's game. No. I can count the number on no, one maybe hand. Maybe she was actually like hoping it wasn't like time. yesterday. Like, well, so yeah, like, so she asked it. She's like, so uh, I cried in the when street, was the when was RV. the last time you? So he tells uh, her every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you? Right, it wasn't like, <laughs> like when was the last time you just cried? <laughs> was it after yeah. you masturbated? <laughs> no, that's, remember, that's to come. Keep it yes, together. that's to come. I count the number on one hand and tell her each circumstance. Our paws, our lips find each other. That's the move? That's how you hook up with her for the first time. Mm -hmm. Tell you about the number of times you've cried as a grown man. August 2011 treatment. The first great sky we've had in weeks washed the streets of Vancouver. A dull monochrome. Would I there be any way to know that? Like six years later when this is being written? <laughs> he goes back and checks <laughs> the weather report. I guess Vancouver can be gray. Likely, but... I watched the rain and the smell of wet pavement. You watch the smell of wet pavement? You fail my English class. Traffic is light this morning for appointment at the Genesis Fertility Clinic. Catherine is quiet, gazing out the window car. I wonder what she's thinking. My sperm counts have tested normal. Her lack of menstrual cycle remains the challenge. Oh, pointing fingers. Mm -hmm. the, one a lot thing, of that. the one thing to never do, because <laughs> it's not fair to anybody when you're trying to have a child. Nobody should be able to know anything. I think that should be the rule. The doctor should just be like... You're going here today. You walk in and they give you an envelope like, this is where you're going today on your adventure. But they never tell you what it's about. And they test both of you every day, even if you don't need the testing. They just never tell you who's to blame. Because that, that is not I don't know. fair. This sounds, ex this fertility stuff's expensive as it is. If you double on it, just because for arbitrary, Yeah, but they blame. can just hire a hobo. There's lots of poor people in Vancouver that can work out the other side of the Genesis yeah, Clinic. Where some right. bum just stuff sticks a finger up your butt. And goes, oh, good. Good luck. Good luck next week. Oh, look, I figured it out. Like, just, I don't think it's fair. I You're really getting angry about this way he's treating Catherine. <laughs> to doctors, this surmised a variety of theories, including hormonal imbalance related to severe eating disorders Catherine endured in her early 20s. Anorexia nervosa. Her significant weight loss had resulted in a six-month hospitalization and treatment while she successfully completed the rehabilitation program and her weight stabilized. Mm -hmm. The demons remained. This is all important to remember for later for what he does. Caloric <laughs> restrictions. Body's just dysmorphia and relentless self-judgment. After a year of attempting a natural method of restoring fertility, yoga, meditation, Chinese herbs, crap, 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 and crap, the doctor suggested more drastic procedures, such as real medicine. <laughs> Today, we'd be the first day of ovulation induction through fertility drugs, gonadotropins, and needles. Lots of needles. Catherine needs to self-inject the hormones twice a day for three weeks. She must have been feeling awesome, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, these not like sweet, sweet hormones. Returning to the clinic constantly to monitor the results. If the appropriate effect was reached, the doctors would pr proceed to step two, implanting my sperm directly into her uterine lining inside the clinic. Catherine attempts her first injection under the watchful eye of the doctor, her handshake. I record the scene on my iPhone for review later. In That's... case she forgets. Okay. <laughs> Here Prick. we go. I'm going to make sure that she doesn't do things wrong. Wrong, Catherine. Wrong, Catherine! Do what the homo told you to do at the clinic. Don't be another one that hurts me, Catherine! <laughs> me! Bad Catherine! Stupid Catherine! <laughs> it's all your fault we can't have babies, Catherine! I'm filming it because you're stupid, Catherine! <laughs> filming also, your fertility treatments with my phone is really... Okay, carry on. But also because it's somehow absurdly funny. We drive <laughs> We drive home, but over the next few weeks, she becomes an expert. Vial, needle, tap, flush, squeeze, done. With each return to the clinic, Catherine's enthusiasm fades. Her hormonal levels aren't reacting. The doctors increase the dosage double, triple. Weeks pass before the final numbers climb. On day 35, we proceed to step two. They implant the sperm and send us home with the instructions to wait 10 days to, before testing to see if it was successful successful a few days later in front of our apartment i pack an orange rv with a rusted bicycle and a furry vest nice the treatment <laughs> let's wait wait go back a few days later in front of our apartment i pack an orange rv with a rusted bicycle and furry vest that's, burn. A, that's a hell of a sentence. What kind of foods you bringing on the trip? You go down it's gotta be, to it's gotta be granola or something. Into the river, era. I couldn't get Mary pregnant. Man, that was all she wrote. So when she went to the clinic, I, I tapped her with my phone. Because <laughs> it's kind of funny, but mostly so I could blame her later. Yeah, when she forgot a step. Oh. The treatment wasn't supposed to take this long. We should have known before my planned departure to burning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about burning, man. Gathering in Nevada, I had contemplated counseling, though it was the first significant trip with my younger brother. <laughs> my bro. Bro. I'm gonna take my little bro to Burning Man, bro. <laughs> Drop some LSD, man. It's a long drive, Vancouver to. Uh, and I didn't want to let him down. No. <laughs> Not bro. Oh. Not Burning, bro. Plus, Catherine would have felt another guilt about her body's lack of cooperation with the hormone therapy. Sure. Can Catherine's body. <laughs> Catherine would have felt like crap about her body if I would have canceled my bro trip to Burning Man. <laughs> she would have felt like crap. So really, Catherine, I'm do I'm going to Burning Man for your stupid self-esteem because you starved yourself, Catherine. It's your stupid fault. <laughs> well, this guy needs a beating. It's <laughs> a hard beating. She bids me farewell with curbside kisses and promises to call me immediately with the results. My brother, my bro, and I wave as we head for the dusty outpost of Black Rock City. Scarcely two hours into the journey, we sit in the vehicle lineup, waiting across the U.S. border. I receive the text. It failed, she writes. A miscarriage. 
blood and tears in a toilet. Should have been there. Blood and tears in a toilet. Should have been there to comfort. Now you're just out. Way to go. Leave her. We're blown out because you're crappy body. I'm sure he goes back, right? My chest constricts in sadness, but I can't cry. The border guard is waving us forward. You're only two hours away, man. You gotta, you gotta push on. You, s- you got another 20 hours of driving ahead of you. Next chapter, Dear Temple. I gotta take a leak. Check, check, check. Good. Check. Yep, we're good. September 2011. Dear Temple. Purple dawn bathes the sky on the final morning of Burning Man. <laughs> we made it, bro. As my volunteer She's got blood shift. and tears in the toilet. I got the Burning Man, bro. As my volunteer shift's shift ends as a guardian, I gaze upon the Temple of Transition. Yeah, wait. Does it explain what a guardian is? What a good... I think it's good enough. I think we... Just someone who looks over the place, takes care what of people. What a good, he's volunteering. Like, he's a good guy. So compassionate. I'd gaze Selfless. upon the temple of transition, this palace of grief, adorned by the tears and scribblings of thousands of burners. It is my third year drifting through her halls, and this time, I finally understand why she is here. In a culture addicted to the light, there is no altar for darkness. Yet life does not feed life. Only death can do that. The man is burned for the party. The temple is burned for our grief, an offering for our willingness to remember those who came before and perhaps those that never will. With this epiphany, (laughs) my heart erupts into your urgency. All I can think, my camera, my tripod. I locate my bicycle on the edge of the perimeter and pedal madly back to camp. The light is orange by the time I return, panting for breath. Burners quietly walk the space, like galantic monks on a pilgrimage. Correction, like galactic monks on a pilgrimage to the holiest of planets, over the ramps, into the towers. Morning showers stretch for miles, perhaps, all the way to heaven, as if it was as if it was anywhere but here. Oh, this guy jerks off to his own writing. <laughs> he really does. I don't think... The algaic mm-hmm. symmetry. I close my eyes. Exhale deeply, then begin my task. I shoot, capturing as much of the temple as I can before she is gone. I'm aflame with the certainty that I must craft a love letter. Scarcely 20 minutes pass, and the crew begins boarding up the doorways in preparation for the burn. I'm asked politely, but firmly, to leave. (laughs) Outside the perimeter, I face the tattered city and discover I'm accompanied by Sean, my best friend since high school. Oh, in addition to his bro, wow. As we walk warily back to camp, he observes my face. What's wrong? I don't look at him as I respond. I don't think I'm going to have children with Catherine. With Catherine. Throws that in the right away. Just to be clear. clear. I'm not going to have children with With, her. With my current wife. But don't give up yet. I just, if you're too down on this there, don't give up. Well, it's not his fault. Stupid Catherine. He's not giving up here. It's stupid Catherine. This is my own. Yeah, there's twists and turns. That night, no tears are shed. Nope. I couldn't watch her burn. Two weeks later, as I return to the footage for the first time, I glimpse again the intact temple. She shatters me, and I weep. (laughs) Oh, my 
That was worth a chapter. So let, let's break that down. He uh, went to the burn. Went to one specific building they lit on fire and took some pictures. Done. Next. <laughs> Realized that he's going to leave his wife. Yeah. <laughs> the kiss. October 2011. Oh, boy. So this is imagine. one month later. You can imagine where this is going. <laughs> the Burning Man decompression. Oh, it's is three re- months of Burning Man. It's a big deal to the bros. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> gathering of the juggalos. Oh, it's got a little too... <laughs> this is pre... It got a little corporate lately, I'm hearing. But 2011, prime, prime B, BM. <laughs> so the decompression... <laughs> is a regional party that occurs in many major cities. Vancouver booked an extraordinary, an extraordinary movie prop warehouse, henceforth ruining me for all future party locations. I'm dying. Movie prop. <laughs> yeah. That, he needs to... Some X-Files props there, I'm sure. Just those those words. <laughs> this movie prop warehouse, henceforth, it ruined me for all future party locations. Tough life. I arrive late. My friends are already here. I weave through the crowd, skirting a scene from a medieval castle before emerging into a haunted house. I spot Catherine closed in red, legging, red leggings and a sheer black shirt. She's sexy and flirtatious. She leaps into me, and I wrap my arms tightly around her waist. That sounds sweet. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why weren't they traveling together? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> the bass is heavy. Bro. Obliterating the chatter, lights dance across the roof. I search her eyes and recognize her sadness. But tonight, tonight is for dancing. She untangles herself and disappears into the crowd, blur of faces and limbs. Hello, I look down at a young woman with dreadlocks sitting in a large armchair. I kneel beside her. We exchange pleasantries since I'm open hearted. <laughs> oh, sincere and open hearted. Thank you. I discovered that she's a spoken word poet <laughs> 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 oh yeah what is that pig she, what do you do I'm a, I'm a spoken word poet so you read poems your parents get some money it's not judge please share a poem I asked she shakes her head embarrassed please I insist she relents, and I lead in with eyes closed. Words tumble into my ear, one after another, lyrical and playful. I'm drawn into her language, a new territory conjured out of my heart and soul. When finished, I open my eyes of gratitude, beaming on my face. She kisses me hard, surprised. I let it happen. I just let it happen. I don't, I'm not part of it. I just let it happen. It's like gravity. I let gravity happen today. When it's over, we lean back. I'm married, I say, without an ounce of accusation. She immediately is apologetic. No, it's okay, I say. It was an honest mistake. Confusion flashes across her face. You don't seem married, she says. He's open-hearted, to be fair. Yeah, he's open-hearted. Her words puncture my heart. I look at her sadly. I know, I say. I can't have children with Catherine. June 2012. Oh, this is a, this is a pretty big jump. Confession. I kissed a girl eight months ago. This better not be about the kiss. Oh, it, it cannot is. be. Eight months? Oh, yeah. 
stewing inside him. I kind of cheated on somebody that I wasn't even dating once when I was in like grade nine, and I immediately went to them and told them within an hour. I remember walking like <laughs> forty-five minutes and be like, "Nothing really happened. And I know we're not together, but you should know about this." And I was in grade nine. Didn't have that. Okay. Oh. He waited until. It happens again. Okay. <laughs> Always a different and worthy woman. Whoa! You son of a bitch! Comfort for a stricken artist at a conference on a salt set on the Salish Sea. <laughs> Honor for a delightful dance with a soulful healer in Vancouver. Compassion for a lonely entrepreneurial Athena in San Francisco. <laughs> These interactions weighed heavily on my soul. I could not make sense of them. So he's cheating on her? Or kissing? On the one hand, each felt appropriate, life-affirming, and ne needed. Surely these could not be considered cheating. What was a kiss, anyways? On the other, such interactions were beyond the boundaries of our monogamous, monogamous partnership. To which Catherine and I had vowed. Stupid Catherine and I made this promise. In my Stupid uncertainty, Catherine. I waited, hoping somehow the situation would resolve itself. That works. Eventually, the guilt crested and I crafted a confession. Rolling my eyes. In, <laughs> in our newly purchased suburban home in Vancouver. I had awesome. it in Vancouver. Put a half mill down. <laughs> Cool half mill. We sat across from each other in a quiet anticipation. There's something I need to tell you. I speak and watch the color drain from her face. Her entire body quivers. <laughs> Milan Kundera wrote, Loves are like empires. When the idea that they are founded on crumbles, they, too, faded away. By the end of my story, our marriage has begun its slow descent into the sand. I'm being accused of cheating right now. I just got a text from Dan. It's straight up, like, last time Dan texted me was like a year ago, and it says, You tried to steal my job with the Trevor Gordon band? <laughs> I said, we're, yeah, I'm like, we're recording a podcast right now. I'm in the milk house. And then he's like, what? <laughs> I thought you were only recorded in New York, effing big time. What? <laughs> What's the next We're chapter? not even like a third done it. <laughs> it gets It gets it just better. infinitely. <laughs> it's already good. The final attempt. November 2012. Six months since my confession. And the question of what do we do about my infidelity <laughs> remains unsolved. Stupid cat. <laughs> Given the potential window for conception is closing. She's getting old. She's older than him. This old <laughs> bag is drying up. And I cheated on her and she's got a stupid problem with it. We agree to focus on one final attempt at pregnancy. That's Maybe at this point we should just stop. Because even if you have a kid at this point... <laughs> We're like, well, we're married. We gotta keep screwing. Have a kid and maybe kiss we'll someone have else. You know? To ironically have a kid because yeah, we at this point, like, what is 
He he realizes if once he has a kid, no more Burning Man, probably. Bro, <laughs> come on. <laughs> take I, I don't want to let my kid down. I gotta take honey. <laughs> I gotta take the kid to Burning Man without you. On the eve of the expensive procedure. <laughs> Making her <laughs> on this expensive <laughs> procedure, Catherine. You better sell your Harley, Catherine, to afford all this. I'm not going to delay any more trips to Burning Matter. Sell the RV, but your Harley's out of here. Expensive <laughs> procedure. Great selfish wording. We stand in the kitchen, and she excuses excuses me. You don't really want to have children. I don't know how to respond. I say nothing. We try again, this time implanted eggs hold. The doctor gives us an x-ray of the delicate twins, which we place in our altar at home. Hmm. That's creepy. I don't even know what that means. We resist the urge to discuss baby names. A torturous week triples by until one morning, Catherine walks softly to the room with glistening cheeks. Failure. I embrace her quietly, and the sobs intensify, but mostly... I feel numb. Why are you with her? She seems so cool. For the peace. You yeah, know, this just a bummer. The undeniable prospect looms before us. A future without children. We would be a childless couple. That sounds sweet. It sort of sounds that's their lifestyle anyway. Is going to raves and movie theater prop. Yeah, they're locations. selfish. Only selfish people don't want to have kids. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, that afternoon, I remove the X-ray from the altar and slide the photograph between the books and the shelves. Hey, what do you do with that? Mm. Yeah, that's that. Sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this was a t- tough one. Opening the relationship, January twenty thirteen. Oh, now we're finally in it. We worked through a way through, and now we're here. First week of the new year we spend in a manicured paradise, Catherine's mother decided to fund an overdue family trip to Maui, a nostalgic return to the favorite vacation spot of her late husband. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's like that's like the most thoughtful thing anybody could do. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to send us on a trip to my late husband's favorite place in the world, mm-hmm. and we're going to celebrate this. Mm-hmm. That's like... That's really cool. Again, Kath, yeah, I great. I hope if I die, you bring everybody to the milk house. <laughs> Amateur surfing, slow roasted pork, and impossible sunsets punctuate the time with my in-laws. Impossible sunsets punctuate the time. Upon their departure, Catherine and I retain an extra week for ourselves with enough to, to space to revisit the question one more time. In the absence of biological children, what are we to become? be great adopting mm-hmm. instead I added the instead <laughs> I pull up the book opening up a guide to sustaining and maintaining open relationships from my bag Classy. and place it on the table what a great dude Burning Matt's really taught him to be a good human being brought this to his mother-in-law's awesome so he planted that family. in his bag as they went on the trip no, no, no. We don't know. This could have been light reading picked up at the airport bookstore. Yeah. How to screw out on your wife and get her permission. No. Well, I you think, know, yeah. a lot of people say open relationships are tough, but they weren't following the book. <laughs> the good book. I think open we should try. It. 
<laughs> but he says, I think we should try an open relationship. I can't quite believe the words are tumbling from <laughs> my mouth. It takes guts to do that. Within the perigem of the dominant culture, the sanctity of monogamous marriage is supreme. And yet, I feel compelled to reconcile the deeper longings of my desire, haunted by the alternative, the vision of a pleasant but passionless couple. Like so many marriages that choose the facade of stability instead of the fire of truth. Fake people who commit to something that's more important than their selfish self. Catherine eventually, reluctantly agrees. Because I beat her into submission to screw other women. The book came with a helpful questionnaire, which we use as a foundation for initial agreements and guidelines. What he's, does like, so- he's like, I've already uh, filled mine out here. So you just answer a few questions and I'll see how I can screw around on you. As darkness creeps into the room, serenaded by an army of frogs, we sign our names and step into the abyss. Oh, because that contract makes it okay, your honor, my lady, my <laughs> the, lord. The dam is broken and the next few months are a blur. I begin using words like polyamorous and non-monogamy in our conversations. I learned that you don't make any important decisions during NRE, new relationship energy, and that compersion... That's, that's being grown up. I use different words like polyamorous to screw <laughs> Yeah. And that compersion... It's a bigger word that makes me harder when I say it. Can you, can you tell me... Because I love hearing my own words. Can you tell me what compersion means? Nope. Taking joy in your partner's joy is the opposite of jealousy, but that both can exist simultaneously. I explore a variety. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, but you'd have to be okay with your partner being in an open relationship. <laughs> okay, let's carry on. I explore. Book. That's the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I explore a variety of connection with multiple women and have the first sexual experience outside of my marriage. Bro. After 10 years with the same partner, the scent and curves of a new woman feel at once odd and exhilarating. I keep going. I learn that while possibilities for connection are endless, time and energy is not. Catherine and I practice regular communication, though mostly I don't see her. She embraces the openness with a vigor I'd never seen. She's Suddenly she is free to entertain the secret desire she never confessed, perhaps even to herself. She calls ex-boyfriends to catch up, partly out of curiosity for their lives and partly, partly to flaunt <laughs> her newfound sexual prowess. I grow closer to a particular woman, Maya. We speak in poetry and myth, and she whispers... Oh! He's got a thing for the poets. We speak in poetry and myth. He's got a thing for the... the of course, wordsmiths, like himself. <laughs> I like to consider myself a poet as And she well. whispers a willingness to explore my untapped sexual nature. She's also engaged to another, and both of us remain secure in our existing relationships, happy to explore our connection without the pressure of core partnership. Late spring, Catherine and I stand on a deserted beach, playing fetch with our much-loved dog, Toby. Go. I toss the stick in the water, and the conversation turns towards our latest erotic adventures. So it gets better and better now. I ask if she's better. ever thought of exploring. This is where it gets... I thought if she. I asked about her business partner, Cameron. 
the past four years, they'd co-operated a successful yoga studio in our suburban city. <laughs> Another great sentence. They co-operated a successful yoga school in our suburban city. That's the best sentence ever. That's just weak. Would that bother you? She asks hesitantly. It makes sense, I responded, picking up the stick again. You already going to throw this stick. You already work well together. Seems it would happen eventually. Are you saying I can explore with him? A hint of jealousy surfaces. He is a he is an accomplished athlete, fit and handy with, with tools. <laughs> In many ways, my complete opposite. I'm maybe a word. <laughs> I'm just a word, man. But he's a cocksmith. <laughs> I remind myself the purpose of our ocean. Li- <laughs> sure, I say. I throw the stick back into the water, and Toby rushes after it. Ooh. Oh, this gets good. This is my this. The tower is burning. August 2013. Early one summer day without hormone therapy or warning, Catherine's menstrual cycle returns. She informs me in bed, breathless. We're awash in the mystery. No guarantee of fertility, but a promising sign nonetheless. She spends most of her time with Cam. Cam, I begin hearing stories of her vibrant nature from mutual friends. I barely recognize this woman, says one who has known her for years. I can't shake the feeling that Catherine is drifting away from me. I got this book. <laughs> we continue with our weekly check-ins. Sweet. But her shares are mostly uneventful. No, our external relationships aren't competing for our own. Yes, we're still deeply committed to each other. I opt to spend a weekend away at my local music festival with my <laughs> Every time there's one just awesome <laughs> sentence. Um, on my way out the door, I choose a tarot card from the deck. Standard practice for an ongoing insight into our relationship. Really? Really? The tower. The, med- the image is a large burning Buddha illuminated by lightning fires raging across the skin. A man and a woman plunged from the figure, unsettled. I depart for the festival. <laughs> the next few days are magic. A bevy of playful adventures with friends, sweet connections, and beach bonfires. What? These people are just losers. Mm-hmm. On the final day, after most of the others have packed up, I looked at the last night fading from the snow-capped mountains overhead. Maya puts her arms softly around my waist. I'm gripped once again by an unbidden ache of sorrow. I don't know why, but I feel like I will say goodbye to Catherine soon. A few days later, Cat was at my house for a backyard barbecue for the yoga studio members. He's awkward in his small talk. I let them host and mostly stay out of the way. The next morning, Catherine is visibly shaken and asks me to accompany her outside on the grass. How did you give that drum roll? Give the snare drum over there. Okay, <laughs> just, there is an actual snare drum here. Okay, where's the drum sticks? Uh, just use your hands because I don't think I have any right now. 
So we sit in the afternoon. I don't recognize. I'm holding my breath. She says, I'm pregnant. <laughs> my mind races. Better? Congratulations to this dude. All he wanted to do was get pregnant with Catherine. Yeah, that's, got pregnant. That's, wow, bro. You know? Frick, no. The burn, the tower is burning. Yeah, man. All those expensive medical procedures? Waste. Expensive. Expensive, stupid Catherine. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just took that over relation. He's with my happy. She's with the Cameron happy. And now they finally had the baby together. Yeah, they're great. My Ryan races. She and I hadn't been intimate in weeks. There was one possibility with cam yeah he could have been pregnant <laughs> oh <laughs> she finishes cue a dagger plunged directly into my heart cue an impossible mixture of utter devastation and shining joy at the possibility of her being a mother something she's wanted for so long <laughs> i scream <laughs> louder than i've ever been i can't look at her I stare at the grass as if I could stare hard enough so she wouldn't take back her words. I don't believe it. It's not possible yet. The tower is burning. Oh. Do you feel bad? I feel bad. Do you feel bad for him or is this what he gets? This is He's the most selfish, immature. Okay. Assuming that it's accurate, I'm pregnant after multiple years of like devastating attempts. Your answer is, <laughs> and then staring at the grass. <laughs> I'm making sense of this episode. That's sort of the that's the punctuation. Well, I you'll need definitely that. be able to see it in the audio file. Yeah. No, I mean like. I mean, like, it'll just be like, I'll have to. Staring at the grass. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Staring at the grass. September 2013. Myth of the One. Correction, August. August 2013. Myth of the One. In the days that follow, I'm not ready to collapse into existing expectations about what is to come. I ask her, what do you actually want? Was this an accident? Do you still want to be with me? Do you want the three of us to co-parent? Amid, no. <laughs> amid ongoing tears and the wreckage of our old life, she confesses her terrible dilemma. I don't think I can love more than one man. Therefore, I chose him. The book says you can, though. Polyamath, whatever it was. Screw it. Screw it. Love and love is different. Soon we are sitting across a table from my parents, married Whoa. 30 plus years, who look at us with cautious optimism. What an amazing conversation that I'd already be. warned the news wasn't Mom. what they might be expecting. In truth, to them and most of our friends, Catherine and I were the perfect couple. Loving, productive, and stable, we never quarreled. Ever. I break the news. Catherine and I are separating. My parents immediately burst into tears. Oh. Hmm. My father leaps into fix-it mode, suggesting the merits of marriage counseling. Thanks, You're certain. Thanks, I confirm. Ma, but I bought a book that ruined everything. 
Sorry, Father. I've already done the counseling in this questionnaire. It destroyed my life. They did not know about our open relationship, and I feel it is too much to reveal the pregnancy well, now. Well, you kind of need to reveal that. Okay. Brent, don't even tell them. Brent, you're a marriage counselor, and this guy walks in with Catherine and maybe Cameron. Do you just walk right out as soon as you hear what's going on? I would point at him and laugh. <laughs> I'd just be like, ah. Just like, sorry, I can't help you. Or like... Plus, I can't admit the secret shame that I have screwed things up. I had ruined the marriage. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mother wept. I'm sorry your marriage didn't work. I spent the rest of the month on the road, returning only to pack my share of belongings. <laughs> on the road, searching for oh, music Oh, boy, festival. do you know what's coming? Burning Man. No battle, no lawyers. Catherine finds the paperwork online. We fill it out on the kitchen table. We agree to split the moorage. I will take the vehicle, the blender, and the Nintendo Wii. She will retain the rest of the household contents. He needs that blender. <laughs> he needs that seven-year-old Nintendo Wii. <laughs> I can understand that you built up a profile. Yeah, you probably got some downloaded virtual console games on there. Not easily replaceable. Carry on. I spend the afternoon carrying my things out the front door and packing them in the car. It's both freezing and sorrowful when I realize my life now fits into a 2002 Subaru hatchback. Hey, hey! <laughs> Good car. Shut up. <laughs> I'm him. Didn't we warn you about Vancouver? People, quotation marks, and Subarus. Yeah, Trevor's leases from Vancouver, and they just bought a Subaru <laughs> together. It's something I need to tell you guys. Lisa and I are splitting up. She's pregnant with Cam. Cam. This, <laughs> this, this story was actually about Trevor this entire time. That's why we sunk 40 minutes into it. <laughs> We went, down a, we went down an internet hell, but it's a great payoff. Yeah, we, we uh, Burning Man in the Desert was actually symbolic for Kuwait. <laughs> now, my plan is to catch a ferry to Victoria, where my friend has already set up a desk in her office. I had found a temporary apartment just outside downtown, close to Maya, whose long-term par- partnership has also ended for reasons that remain their own. Oh. How do you feel about Maya? Mixed. Yeah, she's living her life. That's so. That's two open open marriages that sort of failed. That's, mm-hmm. Who would have thought? I I think the only way an open marriage would work is if you were already in an awesome marriage. But if you're going into it because things aren't good, <laughs> yeah. that's just like we just need an excuse to end our marriage because <laughs> that's never gonna ever mm-hmm. ever work. For one last time, I sit alone in the backyard patio of the house that no longer bears my name. Grade seven. I lit the cigarette I had taken from Catherine's secret stash. I rarely smoke. And watch it curl under the amber dusk. Oh, he's T.S. Eliot. <laughs> the yellow fog that rubs its back against the window panes. The yellow fog that rubs its muzzle on the... Sorry. A few hours before, she had revealed how she'd begun drifting from a marriage. The first time I'd confessed about kissing the other woman almost a year earlier. You never told me, I pleaded. How could I have saved us? I believe wholeheartedly the myth of the one. The belief that human happiness means finding your other half, pledging them in your heart and soul, and committing until death do you part. 
So he believes in the one yet. She the was power my of the one. Book. Yet I struggled for years to reconcile my desire for others with the inherited story of traditional monogamous marriage. Because I'm a selfish child. The hidden cost of monogamy, when culturally reinforced as the only acceptable idea, is the unquestioned coupling of sexual fidelity with real partnership. Anything falling outside these norms is at best labeled an unwillingness to commit, at worst condemned for hedonistic promiscuity. Herein lies the scorpion's tale of the myth of the one. <laughs> I'm still going. How's tail spelt? With an I or an E? L-E. Okay. You are only the Double. one. That's good writing. If you are the only one. <laughs> if your partner desires others, then you are not worthy of being the one. Is it one with a W? <laughs> you are not enough. Charles Einstein. I thought you were going to say Bukowski. <laughs> no, it can't be Einstein. Charles Eisenstein, author of The Ascent of Humanity, believes modern culture rests upon a foundational story of separation, the product of post-modernity and post callous economic theory. The story goes thus. Who is economic? Charles. Whose theory? Economic theory? What economic theory? Post? Post-modernity and callous economic theory. Oh, callous. No, callous. I thought it was a person's okay. name. The story goes thus. What you are is an independent being in an indifferent universe, driven to maximize your own self-interest. Yeah, that's a great way to... <laughs> Grade 7. From this perspective, it's get what you can while you can, baby. Finding a life partner to navigate these treacherous seas becomes not just a romantic ideal, but a necessity. Without that, a precarious and lonely future awaits. <coughs> Behind the staggering divorce rates and bitter arguments that often follow suit, a conditioned betrayal lies unspoken. You promised you were my one. You lied, Catherine. Make no mistake, one person can never be another's anything. Everything. It's too much for them to bear. But that doesn't stop many of us he's from trying so, and so blaming wise. ourselves for the almost certainty of failure. For Catherine, I had vowed to keep our course steady. When I decided to rock the boat, she had wisely fled to the nearest, safest ship. I stubbed out my cigarette before it burned my fingers and headed to the car. Next. September 2013 ending. Early September. We, agree we agreed to journey to our friend's tiny cabin on Salt Spring Island. I asked Catherine to gather an assortment of things that constitute the record of our relationship. Anniversary cards, small gifts, faded... <laughs> faded... <laughs> Shut up! I... <laughs> like, for faded... Pictures on our phones. Well, there actually is, there is one photo. <laughs> I ask her to bring incense, <laughs> our wedding vows, and her wedding ring. Oh, this is good. As the late summer sunshine shatters the window, we could shut up, get over yourself. <laughs> we construct an altar of, of our collection, a throne befitting ten years together. After a silence, we sit. They're the worst people. 
A throne befitting our tenures together. After a silence, we sit cross-legged from each other and face the precipice. Her eyes quiver and my heart leaps into my throat. What a mysterious life, I wonder. Has it come to this? How has it come to this? It is easy to love the beginning of things. Yeah, when you're a child. It is easy to love them in blue and when their colors are bursting, fragrance cast to the wind. Yet, how hard love to the end of things, to love to the inevitable decay as blossoms wither and drift once again toward the dark earth. So he's like really brave. Accepting this end. What a good guy. So he's burning the wedding ring. Do you think it's it's like a hemp wedding ring, right? Oh. Not a gold, I'm pretty I sure. I thought you were saying is it's still there in this fire pit. Let's go find Can it, man. Treasure. Treasure. We're haunted. <laughs> there's a spoken word poem that may guide us to it. Yes. By what's her name? Maya. Maya has the key. <laughs> Maya. It's in the works of Maya. Maya's last name. <laughs> still funny I unrolled the paper containing our vows left virtually untouched since our wedding I remember the gathering of family and friends the silver laughter and the way her father walked her down the aisle that's depressing I remember her aching smile and how she knew that life could not possibly be sweeter than this moment I read her vows aloud halfway through the first line I'm shaking by the end of the second tears streamed down my face and I struggle to continue Catherine reaches reaches over and finds the next line slowly through her cheeks or though her cheeks are river. I'm sorry your marriage didn't work, my mother words my mother's words echo in my mind. When a marriage dissolves, can it only be seen as a failure? Can a relationship also succeed? Not because it lasts forever, but how it ends. Life does not feed life, only death can do that. Perhaps this was the cost of her fertility. Perhaps love demanded the death of us. Get over yourself. The vow is complete and Catherine folds the paper. We look to each other. I grip my wedding ring and slide it from my finger, feeling the sorrowful weight. She does the same and we arrange both rings on the altar. They love altars. Satanists. (laughs) We each take one piece of paper and my pen hovers. I don't know what to call this process. Breakup seems harsh and somehow violent. <laughs> You're a prick. Separation feels generic and falsely benign. I arrive at divergence. <laughs> For a time, we journeyed together, and now we would follow our own divergent paths again. Not knowing what the future might bring, but willing to know the death of what we were. She's awesome, and I suck. We proceed to write each other new vows for this next chapter. A lifetime passes before we end our ceremony and pack up the altar. The day is now a golden evening, and we head for a forested walk along the ocean. I reach out to hold her hand, not to confuse what we had just accomplished, but somehow to honor the sweetness of what remained. Our shadows mingle on the... And I pull out my phone to catch the photo, you son of a bitch! You're such a piece of crap! No one will ever understand us. I write and I post this image to Facebook!
Is it over? <laughs> Here you go. No? This is <laughs> That could be the end. <laughs> that, su- that really summarizes it. September. Correct. No one will understand this, but here, let me tell you. <laughs> February. You know what I love to eat? <laughs> February 20. <laughs> February 2014. Meeting the child. Oh, no. Oh, man. This is awkward. Catherine and I speak every few weeks over winter. Same as before. Trading phone calls. Punctuated with long silences. Divergence. As the ch- it's like episode 38 card. As the child grew in her womb, so did my disbelief at what my life had become. She confesses to waking late nights, racked with sobs, stricken with grief. The man in her bed struggles with how to support, but knows he can do little. They rearrange the home and prepare for the baby. They hire a doula and construct <laughs> a container. Oh, they doula. Careful. Nope. Doula's cool. Not a doula. Sounds like a kitchen utensil. Mm-hmm. It was a doula when we could not get a midwife. Just like a woman who comes and hangs out and be like, this will be okay. I like midwife because it's old timey. Mm-hmm. Buried a lot of, mm-hmm. those midwives buried a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't finish my sentence. They hire a doula and construct the container for a water birth in their living room. Dis- it like a kid's pool from Disgusting. Tire? I got some Tupperware tids here. Anyone who want to simulate this? <laughs> I got some Lysol yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Clean it up. Back. Just for that part, that just seems like about not judging. Judging. It just seems dangerous. Things can go badly quickly. Yeah, Janelle's had to have people emergency used surgery. to die and yeah, sometimes yeah. people died all the time, and that's giving birth. It's rough. Yeah. And if it goes bad, I don't... It was like 50-50, wasn't it? I don't... For many... I just can't imagine waiting. Well, if things go rough, we better, what, race to the hospital as someone half way through... Like, half shat? Like feet out through... Ugh. Okay. Edit that one. <laughs> <laughs> ugh. Okay. Half shat. <laughs> It's choking. That's him choking on my filth. Oh, <laughs> too good. We can't edit this. No, it's not that offensive. Okay, fair enough. It's not in a real swear word. In early February, nine months from conception, <laughs> I'm on a ferry heading back. Just, just, I'm just saying. I receive a text from Catherine. Layla was born this morning at 9, at 7.30 a.m. What a fitting name. Seven Did pounds. He... Layla! I did it without drugs at home. We are well. Good. I'm happy for her. Are you? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. For a moment, I'd been a man driving on the highway, lost in motion. For a moment, I'd forgotten. Pain stabs my heart. And I text her. I text her back. So this is love. The willingness to be broken again and again. You've then I just add, brought life into the <laughs> planet. Here we go. Then I add, sending blessings to your new life. Oh! <laughs> well! I hope you die 
and go to hell. Cheers. Catherine is quick to recover. Three days later, she's invited me for coffee near her yoga studio, situated in the town where we first met ten years earlier. What? That's, that's cruel. This place has become her place. I head to the meeting, unsure how I feel. <laughs> I search my memory for cues from television shows and Hollywood movies. <laughs> Eventually, I settle on low-grade anxiety. Because books have failed me, so I'm on the movies. It's, it's a warm, blue-sky day. The street is buzzing with midday shoppers. We spy each other approaching from across the street, a bundle strapped to her chest. Immediately, she bursts out crying and doesn't stop. When we st- even when we st- even when we stand feet apart, me being there doesn't stop her from crying, even when she's close to me. She slowly unwraps the bundle, and I see the peaceful face of a newborn girl, pink and sleeping. I touch her impossibly tiny fingers. Good for Catherine again. At least we're happy that she's happy. This we is sit- supposed to be mine. She tells me about the birth, the beauty, and the pain. An acquaintance wants by with her dog. And ignorant of our separation, compliments us on the birth of our new child. Oh! <laughs> okay, that. Oh! That's that. We both smile awkwardly, sadly, and the woman continues, likely confused. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> that, you're allowed to That's... use the Bon Jovi line on that one. Romeo was bleeding. I asked Catherine about our dog. He didn't even want the dog. Toby, and now she's adjusting to the new baby. She asked me about my life in the new city. Soon after, I recognize her partner walking down the street. He doesn't look up, sensing we are in his vision. I look to Catherine, who glances furiously back at me. I pause. I run to him. Then shout his name. (laughs) This part's cool. This part's cool. I then shout his name and wave him over. He draws up slowly, uncertain what to expect. In that moment, I don't know either. Jesus, it's uh, the guy my wife used to be married to. Yeah. The hurt animal me wants to strike him square in the jaws, spouting rage and obscenities. The quiet peacemaker me wants to remain detached. Equanimous? I don't know this word. Sorry, I'm not up to it. it. Equanimous, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he beat us. I stand up and say, Congratulations on your new child, Cameron, and embrace him. Thank you, he says. With noticeable relief, the moment is over, and he continues onward. After he's gone, Catherine whispers her gratitude. Because I'm awesome. We finish our coffees. <laughs> I'm the bigger man in this situation. And are soon delivered on our separate lives. Okay, one, we'll chap, Trevor, you sorry, you get to end it. Just like there's some white snake in the background. Is May twenty fifth, yeah. May fifteen, twenty fifteen. A quiet live. <sighs> so we're bringing you here on the wisdom tonight. A sordid tale of a complicated love. This is a very special episode. Well, you know, when you have one hundred and eighty episodes, you gotta mix it up every now and then. A little jarring. I like because it's just going for it. Oh. Yeah. There we go. Speaking of going for it. The divorce paperwork crawls over the next year. Eventually, we find ourselves in a nondescript notary's office on a hot summer's morning. They aren't ready for an appointment, so we grab a lunch at a nearby restaurant because we're cool. I added that in. I order a pint. She gets a double gin and tonic. 
been digging out my eyes. <laughs> we catch up on life. Our regular phone cocks have dwindled. So we have more to say this time in person. We tactically avoid the matter at hand. Half an hour later, glasses drained, we head back to the office. The notary greets us pleasantly. He walks us through the paperwork and points to the signature lines. Catherine and I sign efficiently. The notary shakes our hands and pronounces us officially divorced. We say our goodbyes, and I don't know when I shall see her next. Officially diverged. <laughs> yeah. Can, can bro, Mr. Notary, can you bro, please? I thought we went to the man together, and you'd get these papers right. We're diverged, m'lady. <laughs> m'lady! We are thus diverged. At home, in the quiet evening. I craft a f***ing poem! Sorry, Carter. It was two hours and 39 minutes in. Yeah, this is going to be a tough episode to edit because I had to read the article that I had to sit through this reading and I'm going to have to another time. <laughs> it's just going to depress me. I can help you with this one. No, it's fine. No, I've... No, I, I enjoy editing the episodes. Keep going. You're going to listen to them anyway yeah, a hundred times. Oh, yeah. Keep going. I will keep never going. listen to it again. <laughs> one day you will. And you'll I am going to post a link to it on this blog, though. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say you are the worst. Link. <laughs> and there's gonna be a lot of traffic well, for about one week. Well, we'll get to it. At home, it's a quiet evening. I craft a poem. Oh, here we go. Let me use. I'm gonna have to chug Let's this IPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not the hops. Oh, there's the ants. Today we signed the paperwork. What began as a public celebration ended at an indistinct office with fluorescent lights. Make no mistake, the end of a marriage is a death and must be grieved in a manner befitting the gift of a decade together. Yet, what lies after heartbreak? Perhaps our remaining challenge is to find the label that adequately conveys what we have become. We are still searching. Oh, that's a terrible line. In the meantime... Yeah, she's like at home with this brand new year. We're so happy. She's just soul searching. There's mean? a soft friendship and a quiet love beneath all. Our final photograph together. And it's actually a cute picture. And he seems pretty happy with himself because he's pretty big doing this. She seems scared that he's going to kill himself. <laughs> but kind of smiling. If enjoyed this piece please recommend it below and share on social media if inspired and follow me on facebook buddy become a patreon you're forgetting about that that's on the most my important patreon. thing oh i'm gonna i'm so, gonna patronize you in another way with a link he doesn't have too many uh so patreon we've discussed in the show before is where you sign up for a monthly donations so you can sign up for five dollars reoccurring payments There's one podcast that deserves a patreon <laughs> It's us. No! Oh. Postscript from the author. Yesterday, my essay, Love Will Be the Death of Us, crossed over 100,000 views. I'll be honest, I didn't think it would resonate with so many people. Reading hundreds of comments on the post and on Facebook has been an exercise in gratitude, humility, and non-attachment. Many speak you're of the... At, yeah. You're good at the non-attachment part. <laughs> How did that work out? 
Many speak of the sorrow hidden away from their own heartbreaks, retrieved from the basement and finally given a place on their altar. Others are grateful and bewildered at the tears that come from nowhere, perhaps recognizing the supreme truth that in these days when so much calls for anger and blood, it is hard to show up as a human being. Some comments are not so kind. They see the portrait of a man who broke his vows and deserted his wife when she was the most vulnerable. Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> Others believe the story n nothing but the navel-gazing narcissism of a lost millennial unwilling to commit to true love. Nah, true. Yep, ding, ding. Well, the first, who cares about the true love part? But, yeah. Ding, millennial? Ding. Yeah. Narcissism? Yeah, Pop. that's part of millennial. One Twitter user was kind enough to send me a photo of a flaming garbage can and tell me it was a self-portrait. <laughs> That's amazing. And That's a myth that guy wins. And another wrings her hands and demands, who is the hero of the story and who is the, who is the villain? <sighs> I'm called to share a few details about crafting this piece. One... I deliberately... Fourteen! Cameron's a real bad guy. That's... One, I One, I deliberately wrote in the present tense to bring a sense of immediacy to the moments as the moments unfolded, but also to inhabit the perspective I held at the time. This is the brutal honesty that many have appreciated while others denigrated. I realized the option to filter my sharing in retrospect, which may have made a better version of me, would have been less truthful. Two, on the question of who is the hero slash villain, dash, a mainstream discourse has become so conditioned to collapse all stories into the need to identify who is right and who is wrong. This is a terrible loss of the imagination and the ability to appreciate complexity. Fair enough. Love is downright messy, just like life. In my essay, there is no blame, only actions and consequences. Three, here's a picture of Maya, here's a picture of Catherine. Sound Who's like screwed the, up yeah. now? <laughs> it does sound like a lot of blame at the start. Oh. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of blame. 20. Three. Oh, stupid Catherine. Expensive, <laughs> stupid, starving Catherine. Three. Finally. Finally. Okay. Many of the negative comments are struck by the whys of the marriage ending. You shouldn't have done this. You should have done that. If only you hadn't. And yet, my wish is for readers to focus on the questions. What do you do when you recognize the death of a relationship is upon you? How can its closing be the fullest expression of your love rather than the end? What if sharing our private sorrow allows us to recognize ourselves in each other and realize we're not so alone after all? Now, what if our brains worked like that? I added in that part. Just, Just think like that instead of how you want to think when things are going bad. Oh, I bummed everyone out. This essay is about many things, but above all, it's a personal chronicle of the death of the one. Oh, boy. As, con as a oh, conditioned story about what, we heard, about what we should be to each other. Given the staggering rates of divorce, betrayal, lies, repression, violence, and shame, it is a reckless fantasy that needs to die. It is a place, a new in its place, a new story emerges, the story of the many. Not a call to flee towards polyamory as the antidote, 
but the reawakening of the village is the most important work <laughs> of our time. Open marriage didn't work this time, but next time it's going to work. This is in green. This is highlighted. Love is too big for two people. We must Oh! We must gather our kin around the fire and be oh, the back to the bur and be willing to admit two people can't navigate partnership alone. We need the village to hold us, mirror us, love us, thereby allowing romantic love to be its own glorious self and not a stand-in for the necessary things that are not our lives, not in our lives. This is the budding seed of the ashes of my marriage. This is my the last gift my wife gave to me. And if you find something of value in our grief-soaked story, then it is something of which we gift to you. P.S. <laughs> A few weeks ago, she welcomed her second child into the world. Oh, my God. Oh, you suck, dude. Response? You yeah. could have had it all. Responses? By Otto Pippinger. The only quiet love is between your ex-wife and Cam, the sexy yoga instructor. <laughs> so I'm confused. So she was un unable to have children, and now she just seems to be pumping them out. Less stress. And just Less constant pressure. pressure. Yeah. Because she's stupid and selfish. Feeling and I'll, I'll I'll making someone feel inadequate. Sure and, right. oh. Um... No, and it does take time to get over a eating disorder. It just takes the body a long time to recover. So good for Catherine. Oh, good for Catherine. So, <laughs> so good for Catherine. On so many levels. I'm glad she's in a happy space now, I imagine. Even if Cam got run over by a train, I'd be happy for her. Mm. She got her kids. I don't think she... <laughs> Cam was just random, I think. They share no genetic material with, You're not feeling with Cam? him. No, I don't feel Cam. I feel like Cam just was like, oh, sweet, I, I'm in on this for a bit. Well, oh. is, is the second kid with Cam? Cause that well, was, I know. You, the first one sort of seems like an accident. Cam, Cam, Cam was hey, sold the bill of goods. I could never this. have Cam. Oh. Cam was sold the, the faulty bill of goods. But Cam <laughs> won the lottery, man. He literally... Got to be with the cool chick with no strings attached, and then he also got to like have kids with her. That sounds pretty cool. Unless of course Cam, cheers wanted, to you. He wanted to continue the no strings attached. Yeah. Gotta sell down some dumb guys. There's very few selfish, terrible people in the world like that. Mm -hmm. Like the author per se. We need to end with something, but I don't know. It's tough to not just sound too grumpy about it, but it's... Do you guys want to go burn something right now? 